Welcome, everybody. This is the Freedom Girls Sisterhood, and I am your host today, Dawn Scott Damon, and I am your freedom coach. I am committed to sharing the gospel in such a way that when you hear it, it will encourage your heart to live full, fierce, and free, because that's what God has in store for you. Today in the studio with me is an amazing girl. I want you to hear her story. And I um, want to introduce her to you. Her name is Christine Mwangi. Mwangi. And you can tell by her beautiful name that she is from Kenya. Welcome, Christine. Thank you, Pastor Don. I am so honored to be here. It's such a privilege and a blessing to be able to share my journey with your listeners and just to be a part of this wonderful programming this morning. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. And what I love about you, Christine, you have an amazing story, but you are a woman of bold courage, I believe. You're a woman who has had a dream in her heart and you weren't satisfied just letting this dream be in your heart. You birthed I... this dream and you're doing some things that are so out of the box, but you're changing the world. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're doing, and then I want to get into the nitty gritty. Like, how, What kind of bravery and courage did it take to step out and do some of the things that you're doing? So originally, as you mentioned, I'm from Kenya, yes. and my family and I migrated to the United States in 1997, and my sister and I went through the schooling system all the way to college level, got our bachelor's degrees, and it was then that I decided to go off and study pharmacy as a graduate degree and make it my profession, and during my studies, I wasn't feeling the great impact that I felt I was called to mm -hmm. make. Um, and I didn't have a lot of time allotted to me in the pharmacy to really impact my patients. So I was in the search of what I could use my education background to do to make this impact that I felt I was lacking. And it was during the Ebola outbreak in the summer of 2014 that I saw the great plight of women in those kind of events and events that also they don't plan for, such as poverty, homelessness, um, those that are fleeing domestic abuse situations. And in those spaces, how can I help them? And so I realized yes. one great need is their lack of access to feminine hygiene products. Mm -hmm. And in what they, it's what they call period poverty. So when okay. a woman is in a place of transition where she's either temporarily or chronically homeless or she's fleeing domestic abuse or she's just trying to move from point A to point B and it's financially stressful, she may experience period poverty, meaning she may not have enough funds to buy the products she needs to manage mm -hmm. her period every month. And these products, a lot of people are not aware. They're not covered by food stamps and other government subsidies. Oh, wow. I wasn't aware of that. Yes. So toiletries and things like that are not covered. So it's not just pads and tampons that women need to manage their menstruation. They also need toilet paper. Mm -hmm. They need soap. They need wash rags. And yes. those things are not afforded by food stamps. Mm. So this is where I thought I could really make an impact. And it would be a direct impact because when you give a woman feminine hygiene products, you're guaranteed in a month she will use them. Yes, yes. exactly. And, you know, who among us really had that opportunity to think about that in poverty that women are experiencing. It You already feel as a woman when you're going through that time of the month, you know, just unclean, uncomfortable. 
you're reminded of the fact that, you know, boy, Eve, I wish you would have never gotten that, taken a bite of that apple in the garden because <laughs> thank you so much for this pain, these cramps. I feel terrible. But impoverished women, homeless women, my goodness, you already feel shameful and, and dirty. I can't imagine. what. How did you actually discover that link? What about the Ebola crisis made that connection for you? I, at the time, had a cousin who was doing some missionary work in Sierra Leone. Oh, and that okay. was one of the hardest hit countries by the epidemic. Yes. And so in the area that she was in, they had closed all the businesses. They had closed all the markets. You couldn't really go to places where people were congregating in big numbers because of the spread of the disease. Okay. So because of that, um, people were not able to buy pads and tampons. They had to travel to places to try and find if there were any shops still open. Mm -hmm. So she called me and said, you know, we are really struggling out here. We've, you know, my colleagues and I have spent all our feminine hygiene products giving them to the children in the school we are working. And now we are having to sneak out with suitcases trying to go in places where we can get them and sure. bring them back. I wish there was a place where we could go and just get these. Mm -hmm. And that was my light bulb moment. Yes. That was, why can't I be, create a place where people can get these products? Yeah. Um, and it was unfortunate because the relief uh, items that were being allowed to go into these countries were only medical. So medical equipment, surgical equipment, whatever they were needing to right. combat the epidemic were the only things that were being shipped in. And I wondered, didn't they think women need feminine hygiene products if right. you're quarantining people and you're closing businesses? But sometimes a lot of the laws governing what women experience are made by men. By men. And so... And they would not ever have a thought of that. Yes. I mean, it's just it's such a an area of need. It seems so obvious, and yet it's something that, you're right, it's mm -hmm. a huge struggle for women. Yes, yes. Um, backing up just a little bit, I'm also really intrigued by the fact that you, here you are a pharmacist, so you're successful, you're earning a good income, and that was not fulfilling enough for you. Yeah. How, where did this drive come from to change the world, to be significant, to be used of God in such a way? I mean, um, in fact, I will even back up a little further from that. Okay. When I was applying for schools of pharmacy, I was getting rejected by a lot of the schools I had applied for in the United States. And there was a great fear in my heart that I would not get into school and I may have to redo some of my courses, maybe increase my GPA, make myself a little more competitive. And I remember having a conversation with God and saying, God, if you help me get in a school of pharmacy, I promise you I will serve you for the rest of my life. Now, I don't know if I really meant it at the time. <laughs> I was just trying to get into school because my sister had already gotten into a school of law and yes. I knew by September she would be leaving. Um, right. And so I was like, Lord, I can't be left in this house. I'm older than her. And then my mom's friends will be coming here and saying, oh, wow, Christina's still here. Uh -huh. Why hasn't she gotten into school? I, I just told God. So there was some pressure there. Yes, a lot yeah. of pressure. So I remember okay. saying that prayer, not really knowing the gravity of that prayer. But I just knew, God, just get me into this next season. You know how we do as yeah, humans. Yeah, we get bargain. Me, yeah, mm -hmm. get me into this next season. I promise you. I yes. promise I will do this right this time. Yes. And so when I got into a school of pharmacy in the UK, not just any school, University of Manchester School of Pharmacy was number two the year I got in 
in wow. pharmacy education and research. Wow. And I couldn't get into that caliber of school in the U.S. that year if I wanted to. And so I told oh. God, okay, I know I said I will serve you. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know how. Hopefully you'll show me later. Right. <laughs> and it won't be so hard. <laughs> it won't be hard. <laughs> so I just, I forgot about that. I studied mm-hmm. four years of pharmacy. And the fifth year, which would be essentially my residency, is when the Ebola outbreak happened. And by then, I had gained enough pharmaceutical experience to know that I wasn't finding fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And I was afraid of what that meant. Because what do I do? I didn't want to burn out after 10 years. Right. And then has to rebuild later Mm -hmm. um, and go through a midlife crisis or something. And so I decided the best time to see if this would work was between my qualifying and becoming a pharmacist and starting any other journey in my life. Because in that space, I hadn't yet started making a lot of plans with my life based on that salary. I could still live a sort of meager lifestyle and be okay. Now, the next challenge was telling my parents that. I want to talk to you about how you overcome opposition. When you know God has put something in your heart How do you go forward with that, even though you may not have a lot of fans, your family might not even be for it, you might even have the enemy coming at you, throwing resistance? What kind of courage or faith or boldness, what does it take to follow your dream? Um, Thank you so much. So to follow your dream, you not only need to have great faith. Um, to always remember the voice that called you in the Mm, beginning. That's so good. Remember the voice that called you in the beginning, um, that direction that you followed to even get started. But also, you need to find people who your dream is safe with. Okay. And it's not everybody, like you Mm -hmm. said. And it's trial and error because Mm -hmm. people are not walking around with signs that says, dream keeper, dream helper, (laughs) dream supporter. It's hit or miss. Some of them are dream crushers. Yeah, they are. Dream killers. Dream thieves. Yes. Dream depressors. Whatever you want to say. That's so good. You know, you you never know who is who. I was lucky and blessed that my father was the first person I shared my dream with. And he was my dream protector. Mm. And at first he didn't understand. Because he didn't know the gravity of this issue Mm -hmm. of lack of feminine hygiene products by Mm -hmm. women. And so when we started doing the research, we found that it's such a great um, lack in society. And he was very empathetic because he's the father of daughters. My father has no son. It's just my sister and I. And I remember him telling me, this could have been my daughter. And he said, these women have fathers. They are not able to help in this way. Or they're not culturally connected to this need. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, yeah, yeah, you can do this. This Mm -hmm. is what you you actually should do. And so when I couldn't find an organization that I fit in that um, was doing this work, and mind you, there are very many organizations that provide relief to period poverty. However, with my pharmaceutical background, I wasn't a direct fit in those organizations because a lot of them, as especially those that work in developing countries, they're looking for doctors and nurses. Pharmacists don't really do a lot of relief work because we are replaced by nurses on the ground. They don't, you know, offer prescriptions in, you know, remote areas. They bring the drugs to the people. So the, the role of a pharmacist is diminished in those cases. So 
I told dad, I can't find a place to apply for work. I don't have public health background. Well, none mm-hmm. of those are my degrees. He said, well, then create one. There you go. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he elevated my dream. I said, I'm going to do it, dad. I don't have money. Mm-hmm. He said, we'll work through that. Find out what we need to do. The mm-hmm. fact that he used we. Yes. Let me know that I was safe and mm-hmm. I was empowered to move on. Mm-hmm. And so I did. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So he, he was a supporter for you. And so you discovered that your dream was safe yes. with your father. Mm-hmm. It was elevated. Yes. And he helped you put legs to it. Because at some point, a dream has to stop being a dream. Yes. And you have to start taking action. Absolutely. So when you started taking action, um, certainly then everybody got on board, right? Yes. Yeah, everybody <laughs> clapped and said, yay, she's doing this. Or they were like, she's crazy. She's lost it. <laughs> I think there were still people in the background that thought I'd lost it. Sure, of course. But they couldn't step up to me knowing my father was behind me. Yeah. And so they probably were like, well, let's see what this turns out to be then. Mm -hmm. You know, and of course, like I mentioned, I didn't have any experience in public health, global health, the nonprofit industry. And so I thought to myself, how am I going to learn? Because as thinking as a scientist, when you want to venture into anything new, you need to somewhat do an experiment. Mm-hmm. So I thought, what will be my experiment? And I mm-hmm. started looking around for opportunities, trees, to learn more one-on-one about their plight trying to manage menstruation. And I found a wonderful opportunity with Bethany Christian Services okay. working in their refugee adult and family program. And I thought, wow, how unique would it be to sit in one area inside the U.S., not to travel just mm-hmm. as much anymore, and talk to women who have come from different countries, different walks of life, different socioeconomic classes, and talk about the taboo that is menstruation Mm -hmm. and then the hardship that it is to manage it Mm -hmm. and gather that data in my scientific mind. Yes. (laughs) Because we are all about experiment, hypothesis, data gathering, what did the results show, what could have been done better, and what is the conclusion. Right. So I just used what I knew, and that's Mm -hmm. what I tried to encourage women. When you're following a new venture, a new dream, no matter how remotely related it is to what you already have been studying or doing for a living, use what you know. You do not take anything you know for granted. I tackled it as a scientific experiment because my degrees are in biology and and pharmacy. So I just took it like that, and I thought, I have to do a study. I have to do an experiment Mm -hmm. to see if this is needed. Mm -hmm. I've read the data, but, you know, to know if it's needed locally, I needed to collect new data to Mm -hmm. see that my work is in demand. What I wanted to offer is is needed. Mm -hmm. And I found that it was. And um, here in America, menstruation is still taboo. The aisle in the store that contains this product is like the most uncomfortable aisle that people, even when they walk through and see you in it, they want to just walk through fast. Right, yes. You know, when women stop in it, they want to grab what they need fast. But Mm. a woman who is short on change, doesn't go through that aisle fast. She has to stand there, find the cheapest, best product, find the one that's on sale, Mm -hmm. find some of them, find the easiest one to steal. Okay. Because some of them just have no money. Money. And they are stealing these products. Yes. If you have two of Mm them as a mother, what do you do? Right. So when you think Mm. of it that way, you... You, it reminds you how privileged we are, that yeah. when we go to that aisle in that store, we just look for the packaging that we know we buy. That we like. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter if it's on sale or not. You right. stick to your brand. 
Yes. Women who are in hardship don't even have that luxury. They buy different brands at different, and we all know not all brands mm -hmm. are created equal. Yeah, right. That aisle. Yeah, we do know that. <laughs> oh, oh yes. yes. I've been delivered from that aisle, but um, so I'm so thankful for that. But <laughs> seriously, you know, going back to having a dream, yes. pondering that dream in your heart, mm -hmm. or even or even having the seeds planted. Yes by your father, putting yes. that so that you even awakened to the possibility. I want to speak to the woman who might be listening right now, and yes. she's got a dream. Perhaps somebody spoke something into her life that has gotten her thinking or wondering, or the Holy Spirit has deposited something in her heart. She might be battling with, well, who am I to do this? I don't know anything about this. Why, why should I? How could I ever do this? You you took that dream seriously, and then you educated yourself. Mm -hmm. You did some research. Yes. You thought, why not me? Mm -hmm. um, the woman listening right now, she might be disqualifying herself from having any kind of significant dream, thinking that, you know, God could never use me. I don't have that education, or I don't know how to do something like that. I mean, this just came from the father. Mm -hmm your earthly father, but your heavenly father into your heart, yes. what would you say to her listening? I would say to her, the first step to real, making your dream be realized is to share it. If you keep it within you, it's very hard to hold your own self accountable of accomplishing that mm -hmm. dream. Mm -hmm. So the first step would be to share it with somebody else. Mm -hmm. That person will not only serve as a sounding board of what you're trying to dream up, but they will be a person who can remind you, hey, Dawn, you told me about this dream. How's that coming along? Yes. And you'll be like, oh, my God, why did I have to tell Christine? <laughs> now I actually have to do it. Because right. it's easy to dream and go back to sleep. Yes. And dream and wake up, go about your business, your career, your schedule, your agenda, your You're kids. So right. Your marriage. And you forget the dream. You forget the dream. And, mm -hmm. you know, months turn to years. Mm -hmm. But if you tell somebody... Mm -hmm. They'll hold you accountable, mm -hmm. and they'll at least hold you accountable to trying it, because not everything works. Right. Perhaps in the journey to trying it, you discover something else, mm -hmm. which had you not gone down that road, yes. would have been missed. Right. So I always encourage women, the first step is to share it. Mm -hmm. If you share it, you now have released the power of complacency mm -hmm. and using your own life as an excuse to not mm -hmm. do it. Because that other person now may become invested in your dream. Mm -hmm. The best thing they can actually do for you is share your dream with somebody else who can actually help to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Now you're stuck. Now yes, you right? got to really do it. <laughs> now the networking begins. Yes. That's wonderful. <laughs> hey, we're going to take a break real quick. This is Don Scott Damon, your freedom coach, encouraging you live fierce, live free. We'll be right back. It's time to join the Freedom Girls Sisterhood with your Freedom Coach, John Scott Damon. Radio for Divas. It's time to join Freedom Girls Sisterhood with your Freedom Coach, Don Scott Damon. Welcome back. This is Don Scott Damon. I'm with Christine Mwangi today in the studio, and we're having a great conversation here. In fact, we were just talking about something. Christine, when you started your 501C and you decided to leave your career of being a pharmacist and, and take a step of faith. It wasn't only just faith that you were taking a step. You had to be willing to embark on an adventure. Yes. You had to say, um, I, this is the perfect season of my life. 
to do something out of the box. You voted for significance. You voted for adventure. Like that might mean I have low moments, high moments, lots of money, no money, relationships, no relationships. But you just didn't want to be stagnant. You made an observation that sometimes women will allow themselves just kind of get stuck, caught in their situation. And what what would you say about having an adventure as a woman? As a woman, um, I think it stems from my childhood. My mother was very progressive. My mother was a high school principal back in Kenya. And in Kenya, the hierarchy of respect goes from God to the doctor to the teacher. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) She was a very respected, almost feared member of our community. Okay. We grew up just knowing her being stoic and well-dressed. She wore high heels, and not a lot of women wore high heels in that area. She was just very polished and very just confident. Mm -hmm. So I think innately or subconsciously, I grew up just feeling like my That's mind That's a great changed. legacy. Yes. You know, really. Yes. And so when I got the support of my father and innately I had that confidence that I saw my mother, uh, the main woman uh, figure, female figure in my life having, mm-hmm. I think it propelled me more than I even thought it was. Yes. Um, sure. We have had low moments as a family. We've had moments we didn't have a lot of money, but mom's confidence never dwindled. Like she never, we never saw that woman sweat. I don't even think she sweats. (laughs) And so when I embarked on this journey, I didn't discount that it would be difficult, but I didn't let that difficulty kind of snuff my dream. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. I knew it would be hard. I just Mm -hmm. asked that they be patient with me as my parents. Mm -hmm. I knew they didn't have a lot of money and they were working towards retirement. And it was a hard time for me to ask them to support me to get this dream off the ground. Right. But I promised them that at every juncture, I would be working my hardest. Mm -hmm. And so I just And you do, man. You work hard. (laughs) Thank you. You have three jobs. You are just... I promised them I would just work hard. Just look after me during this season because it's hard. And I felt the pressure of wanting to be taking care of them. But I wasn't there yet. And I knew I would stagnate as a pharmacist. I knew my my soul would die. And so Mm -hmm. when I started doing this work and I started to see the impact, God blessed me with a mission whose impact is almost instantaneous. Yes, Because when Mm -hmm. you provide a woman with feminine hygiene products, Mm -hmm. they use them instantly. They need them instantly, Instantly. you know. So he blessed me with a mission whose results were instant that kept me going. Mm -hmm. And so for other women, I would say even if you're sowing a seed into people whose results you won't see probably even in your lifetime. Some people do work whose results they won't know. I want to encourage you that in that space, there Mm -hmm. is great freedom. Mm -hmm. In that space, there is great even revelation of who you are as a yeah. person. Amen. You can't find that in the mm-hmm. day-to-day shopping at Meyer, going home, cooking something you saw on Pinterest, doing this, doing that. Sometimes they that doesn't bring that moment of freedom. Yes. Yeah. So I encourage women to please not let go of your dreams. Mm-hmm. Please share it with somebody who can encourage you to get it done or to try it. Some dreams don't always end up the way you thought. It was yeah, just right. a path that God wanted you to pass by. Yes. To meet somebody else mm-hmm. who maybe show you another thing. But stay focused on that and mm-hmm. 
look for those spaces of freedom because they are so liberating. You know, the scripture says that God is going to put us in a spacious place. Mm. And I always think of that scripture when I was a little girl growing up, my grandparents had what we called the pasture Mm. and it was a big fenced in pasture where they had deer and animals that I would get out there and I'd run and I'd run and I'd run. And I remember that feeling of the wind in my face and feeling free. And I'm only just a little girl, but I, I hear that scripture. God wants to put us in the spacious place. He wants us to be in a land with, with freedom to explore and discover and, and spread our wings, room to run, waters to swim in, you know, mountains to jump off of, a spacious place where we can really become all that he's called us to be. And not tight, not small living, not squeezing into a mold that doesn't fit us, but it's expected of us. And I like what you were saying that, you know, so easily in this world, our dreams can get snuffed out. But if we'll just do a little bit, just do something, stay focused on that thing. I think about, you know, as a writer and an author, I don't let the dream die, even though I might not tend to it. The weeks go by, but I'll bring up the page on my computer or I'll write a note on a sticky note and I'll put it on my mirror and I'll say, this is for another chapter in this book. I never stop thinking about it or writing or creating. And when I go to do it, I'm going to be able to open up pages on my computer, pull sticky notes off my mirror and discover that I've been writing the book for the last year. It just hasn't been the traditional sit down at the computer and pack it out, but I've got, I've got it. And it'll all come together. Absolutely. Little steps, little baby steps, going in the direction to fulfill something that's inside of me. And at some point, we have to take the boundaries off of our own mind Mm -hmm. and expand our thinking. Yes. Yet you can do that thing. Yes. You can, if somebody else can do it, you You can can do do it. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're allowed to do it. You don't yes. have to just, God doesn't say you just have to be a wife and a mom and stay home and do nothing. Right. That You may be called to do it. And you feel very fulfilled to do it. God bless you. Yes. Those children are going to grow and they're going to be gone. And so it's still okay to have some time to yourself yes. to do the things that God put inside of you to do. Yes. And it doesn't mean that the things you're called to do cannot be done within your household. Yeah. You can do them in your household. I'll give a good example. We have a communications manager right now named Annie Kai. And when I met her, she was coming on board to help us write our blog and maintain our Facebook presence on social media. Mm -hmm. However, I did not even know that this girl had a talent of painting that she had not been doing as actively as she would have wanted. Mm -hmm. And so Annie now has a page that she calls um, Periods. Something periods and positivity. Anyway, um, <laughs> so what she does, she's painting now, actively painting. Mm-hmm. The painting she does is in her home. Mm-hmm. It has rescued her from depression. And yeah. the sales to all her paintings, 100% go towards supporting our mission at BLO. So, wow. yes, it could be something you can do in your household, but it needs to be intentional. Yes. It mm-hmm. could be something that you even do with your children at home, but it has to be intentional mm-hmm. that we are doing this thing because it is fulfilling this need mm-hmm. or it's making a better place for somebody in our community or something better for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Or 
you bake in your home and you donate those baked goods to an organization that sells them at a fair and raises money or that feeds homeless people mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. It can be done in your home, but it needs to be intentional. Mm -hmm. And it needs to be in that space that you are freeing yourself, even if it's in your home. Because we all have gifts and talents. Right. And not everybody is going to start a Fortune 500 company exactly. or even a nonprofit. However, you can take your talent and your dream mm -hmm. and you know use it to complement something that somebody else is doing. Mm -hmm. Annie's passion to paint has been a consistent fundraising effort for us. That's amazing. That I never could have thought of on yes. my own mm -hmm. because I don't have that vision from God. I have a separate vision. Annie had a different vision. Mm -hmm. So let's work on looking at what our, what our gifts are mm -hmm. and how to use those gifts either to complement something somebody else is doing um, or start birth something on our own that will be a blessing to others. Amen. Well, this has been so great. I've enjoyed having you on today. Tell us where uh, they want to hear more information. How can they find you? You can go onto our website, www.berose.org, -E and you can find us on Facebook. Our logo is a pink flower. Please follow us where all our updates are posted. Wonderful. Yes. Good. I want to just say to you one more time, if you have a dream in your heart, do not turn loose of that dream. Get a plan. Get a strategy. Tell someone who can hold you accountable and watch what God will do. Amen. Amen.